Welcome to the newest episode of Raising the Bar. I believe this is episode 10. It is episode 10, and I think rightly for this episode, I'm going to introduce it as the name's Bar. Raising the bar. Very good, because that's what the topic's going to be. Um, I think we're going to call this episode Shaken, Not Stirred. So <laughs> then we can call, because this episode we're actually going to discuss one of our favourite topics that we've been holding off on for weeks. But we're going to talk about it for a bit today. We won't bore you, hopefully. <laughs> but we're going to discuss one of our favourite topics. We're not going to bore people, because we're going to be talking about James Bond, which you cannot bore anyone with that, because it's one of the greatest movie characters and literary characters of all time. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you a brief rundown now just if you haven't ever seen a James Bond film where you've been living under a rock so basically James Bond um, was a series of books that came out in if Jason will probably correct me if I'm wrong the 50s um, and then what happened was 1953 there you go 53 53 <laughs> <laughs> so then they all came out in the 50s um, someone decided you know what actually we should make these books into films um, so in 1962 the first well actually it wasn't the first official Bond film because before that in the 50s um, with Casino Royale which was remade in 2000 yeah, that was a TV movie, unofficial. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but the actual official first James Bond film, 1962, Doctor No, um, and they have gone on since well until present day yeah. with many, many films. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's been 26, 25. Hold on, I'm going to double check this because I feel like there has been 25. I should know this. Yeah, but I we don't want to say it. And then all of a sudden I'm wrong. Yeah, so there's been the films that have come out and spanned over nearly 60 years now with many different actors playing James Bond um, and it's been a fantastic film franchise that has not only made the James Bond franchise a lot of money. Yeah, there are 25 films. I did think that, but I didn't double check. So I thought, no, I don't want to get it wrong. No, exactly. Yeah. So we've got to make sure we get our facts right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we, know, we thought we'd discuss about our films, but like I say, it's been since nearly 60 years now, spanned over 25 films, it turns out. Um, and, you know... Obviously, we love all of them, or most of them. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about James Bond, is that I listen to a lot of Bond podcasts, and they always say the same thing as what I think. In uh, You may not like some James Bond films, but you can easily watch all of them. Like You can easily watch them all, and they're brilliant, and they're fun if you're a Bond fan. Exactly. And that is the best thing about them, is that they are just instantly rewatchable. Like, don't get me wrong. I know some have not aged brilliantly. I could admit that. As an avid Bond fan, I could admit that. But it nevertheless, it's a long-lasting franchise, which is absolutely brilliant to still be going on till today, to be trying new ideas. And obviously, I've had six, six different actors playing the part as well. Absolutely. So can you name them? How quickly can you name them? Go on. Connery, Moore, Lazenby, Dalton, Brosnan and Craig. Just seeing if you wanted to know their first names. Sean, oh. Roger, George, Timothy, Pierce, Daniel. <laughs> if you wanted to know their first names as well. <laughs> um, oh, you said quickly. So, you know, quickly as you can. Last name quickly. basis. That was quickly. I forgot Timothy, by the way, if I didn't say that. You did say that. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're the actors who have played him. Um, it's been over spanned over next time. Obviously, we're going to be finding out, hopefully, in the near future, who the new James Bond will be, mm-hmm. which is going to be an interesting topic of conversation for going forward but we'll find that out we'll discuss that later on but um yeah we thought we'd talk to you actually about some of our memories of james bond and where our love for the film franchise came from right yeah i mean my love of the franchise probably as most bond fans can say came from dad because dad really just loved them as well not as much as i do now i can admit that but yeah dad used to love him he used to always put them on for us when we were kids and he used to always talk about how he used to always watch them when he was a kid as well because bond at the end of the day 
I get it. Back in the day, mainly, it was a very, like, escapism that sort of saves the world, kills the bad guy, gets the girl, you know, in these exotic locations, cool gadgets, lovely cars. It's that male fantasy escapism in a way. I know that nowadays it is less male, you know, it's not great to look back, but... It was always that escapism to look back on and think, oh, this is just good fun. Similar to how you watch Marvel movies nowadays or superhero <laughs> movies, and it's just escapism. It's just a good bit of fun. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I mean, I'm the same, actually. Obviously, our love, obviously, being brothers, has both come from our dad. Um, but, you know, it's been really good. I mean, one of the first films, we were actually discussing it before we came on the airwaves um, about our first Bond film we remember watching. And funny enough, even though we've grown up, obviously, we've had the same upbringing, we've been brought up by the same parents, the first Bond film we both remember watching is quite different. Yeah. So, my first first film i bond film i watched was thunderball which is why i have a real love for that film because it was the first one i watched and the first one that i remembered because i remembered what it was okay i remember it from halfway on it was on the telly and i was watching it and i just remember thinking well this is fun and then the next week you only live twice was on because obviously you get a lot of bond marathons on tv especially back then and then you just watch that and yeah i know it's inherently racist but it was fun darling yeah. i give you a very best duck <laughs> <laughs> Such a or good... now we must make you japanese and give you a wig <laughs> so yeah pretend to shave your chest hair and it just grows that back it. a scene later now bond son you'll become a japanese <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> i mean nonetheless it was just one of those films where you look when you're a kid and you watch them and you just have those memories as a kid watching it and then when you're older and you watch it you just think hard oh, and a nostalgia trip yeah and then you get you know going on to you twice you've got little nelly in that film which is you know a really great little um well gadget that was thought up by the um the producers of it and it was i'm gadgeting in the books as well um but little nelly is just a great little thing that people remember from that james bond film in particular um funny enough my first film i remember watching of james bond is the first james bond film which is dr no mm. i remember watching it on tv with mum and dad um and having like last thing we spoke about in the second episode about we used to sometimes have like crisps and nuts and stuff and we used to watch films like when they're on on saturday nights or whatever and one of the ones that I remember watching the first ones I remember watching was Dr. No and because I remember watching it when you saw obviously the bad guy you saw Dr. No and I remember seeing when you were in Jamaica and you had the three blind mice and oh, then you yeah. had the um, obviously where he goes you'll be sorry you rats <laughs> <laughs> and he had Quarrel as well and I was remember the scene at the beginning where the guy gets shot and they're like hurry man hurry that's it <laughs> <laughs> and then the iconic moment with Ursula Andress which comes out and then mm. there's the underneath the mango tree my and me there's so many iconic bits of that film and that's I always I, I, when I was a kid I used to turn away with the um, tarantula scene oh, yeah, when yeah, it I... crawls up him I watch it now and I'm like yeah it's a real tarantula but it's very clearly on I mean I read about it it was obviously on like Sean Connery had a sheet of glass over him yeah. so the tarantula walked over him but I think there were moments when the tarantula actually got on him oh my god yeah I would not fancy that I can't even watch it now leave alone then <laughs> <laughs> so so it's um, yeah so that's that but you know it's um, it's a really iconic film funny enough actually um, I was talking because Sophie for some reason has been living under a rock before we met and hadn't seen any of them so um, she had the privilege of watching all of them um, pretty much back to back I pretty much did it like I think every once a week Absolute we were privilege. watching she was privileged so I think for a week pretty much not week um, every week we would watch one James Bond film so we went obviously from Doctor No all the way to um, at the time before it was obviously we got to Spectre and then we watched um, obviously Time to No Time to Die when it came out in the cinema but um, funny enough her favourite was Doctor No yeah. of all the ones that she watched and it's a great film um, but yeah that's the first number watching and then also You Only Live Twice which is what you mentioned yeah. and then after that is Goldeneye for me yeah which is right I mean I say it's random but I feel like people of our generation that sort of 
born in the late 80s, early 90s, because Bond took a massive break between 1989 and 1995. Yeah. So a lot of kids who were born then, a lot of their first Bond films, they grew up with Pierce Brosnan's Bond. I mean, obviously the GoldenEye video game as well helped oh. making it so popular. That game was so good. Did you ever out play it? Yeah, I played it. Oh, yeah, many yeah. times. Yeah, it was It was <clears> fun. I mean, yeah, it was so much fun, that multiplayer. When you get the golden gun, it was one shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was such a good game. Like It's funny, right? So yeah, I was on Nintendo 64, if you didn't know about it. It came out just after the film. And it was absolutely brilliant. It was one of the first sort of good first-person shooters that came out. And, um, you know, it was a brilliant game you could play it with all your friends you could play about four player with it yeah. with Nintendo 64 um, and it was really really good and you and could play as all the film's villains as well like you could get Oddjob and yeah. you could have Scaramanga you Rosa get Jaws Rosa Klebb and you could play as James Alec Bond Trevelyan. but that was boring yeah it was play as yeah. Trevelyan you could yeah. play as all of them it was really good um, yes that was a great film so I really enjoyed Goldeneye as well um, it's actually I think you actually mentioned it when we talked about um, films recently I think you talked about it as being maybe one of your favourites Goldeneye yeah Oh, that's another podcast to talk about our favourite Bond films. But yeah, for sure, Goldeneye is definitely up there. I love that film. Yeah. Absolutely love it. That like, is great. It's endless. I think the best Bond films are ones where they're endlessly more watchable than the others is the best way to describe it. That's a good way. Yeah. I like that. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the main ones I remembered were the Connery ones of like Thunderball first, then you only live twice. I don't actually remember watching on a Majesty Secret Service for ages because mum used to always say to me it was rubbish and it was the worst one. <laughs> and then when I finally watched it, I was like, what the hell is she on about? I was this like, this is one of, yeah, this is brilliant. This never happened to the other fella. Yeah, it didn't because I didn't get to watch. You didn't get to watch it, other fella, because I bet their parents told him it was rubbish. But you know, it was a great film. Yeah, and he had uh, all the uh, when he went to the um, thingy in was it Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Pitts Gloria. Pits Gloria and then he went there and there was all the women there as well and he had all that oh, typical that James so Bond funny the women who are brainwashed to unleash a virus which is you know <laughs> age well considering yeah, know, what yeah, happened fancy this year. that who would have thought that nowadays <laughs> who would have thought about bringing out a virus to the world I mean who does that <coughs> China anyway <laughs> so um, yes yeah, so there were some things that went on there but you know there's some really great Bond films it's funny because all the ones I remember are all the ones you probably think are terrible so all the ones I remember really well I remember really well The World Is Not Enough which I don't enjoy oh, I love that one one of my ones that I remember really well is Die Another Day, of course, Ugh. which is Jason's favourite. It's the first one that we got taken to the cinema to see. And don't get it wrong, it's fun, but if I, I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, I remember Tomorrow Never Dies really well, um, because right. I enjoy that one, mainly because of the car chase. Video game as well. Yep. I remember them mainly because I remember the ones that have obviously been a car person. I always remember the ones that are themed by a good car chase. So, and um, Tomorrow Never Dies got a great car chase. The Spy Who Loved Me has got a great car oh, chase. amazing car chase. The Man with the Golden me. Gun has got a great car chase. See, my favourite car has probably got to be, it got it reprised in No Time to Die, the um, Volante. Oh, yeah, From Living Daylights. I love that one. That's beautiful, I prefer, that. The reason I prefer it to the DB5 is because the DB5 is, just seems to, in the Daniel Craig era anyway, it's gone Overused. from a little bit of an Easter egg and a bit of fun to oh we'll just shoehorn it into every film and it's just becoming a bit like well, yeah I agree shoehorned in now it's I not, agree it's not a nostalgia or an easter egg like in Skyfall it was fun to see it and then Inspector it's all about it's getting rebuilt and it comes at the end and then No Time to Die it's at the beginning so was, yeah, yeah I know. just 
It's just yeah. a bit annoying, isn't it? I agree with you. It's I love that car, obviously, and it's an iconic car of the James Bond eras and the James Bond films. But it doesn't need to be in every single modern James Bond film to just remind. Look, look, guys, see, we haven't forgotten that giant James Bond is a DB5, but yeah. it's which is what it feels like, and I completely agree with you. Um, but yes, yeah, so hopefully they will um, remember that for when they make the next one and not put it in there because I don't really need to have it in there again. I think it's have a new James Bond car. Um, but yes, yeah, so you know, there's all the ones with good car chases. I remember that like, Spy Who Loved Me as well. It's got great car chase, and it was in the beautiful. Um, island of Sardinia mm-hmm. so you've got that there as well um, and then you know the other one I remember which, you know the one I remember really well which you probably hate is A View to a Kill no I'm actually the opposite View to a Kill I love that I, I, I think it's really underrated really underrated yeah like don't get me wrong Roger Moore is way too old to be bothered. He was 57, and that's not old, but to be playing a secret agent who goes around killing bad guys and sleeping with women in their 20s, it looks really bad. (laughs) It doesn't look great, considering he had Botox, and it's so obvious as well in that film. Yeah. I really enjoyed that film. I've yeah, got to I say. Re- yeah, that's what I mean. Despite that, if you don't think about that, the film itself, I find really fun. I think it's just good fun. Like I think we were talking before as well Max. about how. Um, oh yeah, at the end. Max. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before a little bit about like our guilty pleasure Bond films, and this is one of them for me. One of those where the ones that are typically seen as bad Bond films. This is one of them for me. Like it's just fun, and I feel like Roger Moore knew it was his last one. And he just thought, I'm just going to go out and just have fun with it. And yeah. Max Orin, I think, is one of the best villains. He is great. Yeah, he's really good. He's a great actor. He's just a maniac walking. villain. And the plot's a bit... I think it's really random or really basic. It is really random, it's like yeah. he, tries to, he plans to blow up Silicon Valley so that he's... That's it. Stock and drugs right. the horses so that he yeah can and then he turns out to be a Nazi super baby and... he, don't you mean a, a physiological experiment <laughs> <laughs> biological freak <laughs> and it's it's just one of those and the, the theme song as well dance into the fire dun, dun. a little kiss is all we need yeah it's just such fun. a good film it's just a really fun Bond film I mean, you remember when they look at San Francisco and he goes what a view to a kill <laughs> trying to shoehorn it in <laughs> but then we're in guilty pleasure bond films what are ones where you've sort of like obviously everyone talks about the golden eyes are from russia of love goldfinger they're the classic bond films but what's a bond film or two that you sort of think I, this is a guilty pleasure that no one will admit they like but i do well a bond film one, yeah, you, mean. Yeah. Um, you know what one i actually quite enjoy that no one else really enjoys octopussy yeah I actually, I think that that one was a bit underrated, but I actually, and yeah, and I never, when I watched it when I was younger, I didn't really enjoy it as much. But as I've gotten older, I actually really enjoy it, mainly because of obviously again, there's some great car action in it, but also, um, you know, it's a really good film actually. I quite enjoyed it. Plus the bloke who's the bad guy in it, Stephen Burkoff, was it? Yeah, he was in um, what's it called, Burnt Hills Hills Cop. Cop. Which I also quite enjoyed. And his voice is so English. He's like, he's trying to be Russian, but the actor is so English. He's like, what do I know? <laughs> he can't, and he can't hide his English accent, even though he's meant to be, I think, Russian or German in it. Yeah, Russian. General. Yeah, that's it. Because they all are in Bond films. Absolutely, yeah. In like the 70s and 80s, there's a theme. That, a theme Cold that, War, wasn't it? Yeah, that all the baddies are Russians. So, um, they just thought, and even in the late 80s as well, when like you've got the um, Living Daylights and Licence to Kill, the baddies are still somehow to do with the Russians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's always involved with the Russians somewhere Bond's along the line. Bond's one of those franchises that goes with the times. Like, it adapts to it to sort of say, this is what we could like. How Live and Let Die was a black exploitation film because they were popular. 
Man with a Golden Gun was a martial arts film, sort of, had martial arts in it because it was popular. Moonraker was set in space because of Star Wars. They had a lot of that popularity of at the time, oh yeah, this is going to be popular, let's do this. Oh, 60s, this is very much spy-fi, let's go with that in Honor Majesty slightly in Diamonds Are Forever. And in the 90s, oh, it's very much all about the action thriller, let's just make it machine guns and bang, bang. And in the noughties, and Daniel Craig's era has basically been Jason Bourne. Yeah, that's true, actually. That is very true. So they've, um, but yeah, they, um, the, it's very good. Actually. They seem to sort of go with the times, which is true. But I, you know, I, really, I mean, I enjoyed the vast majority of them. There's only yeah. really a couple that I don't remember, which actually we were briefly discussing before again we came on the air, which are from Russia with Love. I don't really remember that film very well. I'm sure if I watched it again now, I'd go, oh, yeah, this bit, and oh, yeah, that bit. But I can't really remember that one very well. It just, I remember Dr. No, then Goldfinger. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of forget from Russia with Love in the middle. Um, but yeah, that one I kind of don't remember very well. And uh, what other one would you say? Is there one for you that you don't really remember very well? See, if you had to say like an overrated and underrated Bond film for me, I say overrated and underrated, but amongst like Bond fans, I mean, overrated, personally, and this is going to be controversial, I don't dislike it, but I think it's overrated, Goldfinger. Yeah? It gets really slow in the middle of the film. You'll yeah. notice when he gets to the uh, America... It goes really slow and yeah. it drags a lot. I find then I sort to get a bit like. What, when he says man talk? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 not that bit. No, <laughs> when he gets to the gold, Goldfinger's farm. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. right. Well, yeah, that bit just drags massively. So it gets a bit slow and I'm like, oh, come on, we just get past this bit. And then it gets to the end and it's fun again. Well, and um, most underrated one, which I sort of have an opinion as to why it will be like I don't like it but I do really like it in a way is Diamonds Are Forever that is, yeah, that's true actually I'll go with that yeah a lot of Bond fans don't like it and I agree in a way in the sense that if you've seen On A Majesty's Secret Service it ends on a cliffhanger I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched a Bond film but basically it ends with Bond wanting to say I want to get revenge on Blofeld for what he's done to me it's and you would want him to go in the next film and go full on revenge and kill him and literally that resolves a storyline but instead you have a quick bit at the beginning where not only does George Lazenby not come back, you go back to Connery, that's another story, and <laughs> he just dispatches Blofeld with a fun quip, and then it's back to, oh yeah, it's all good fun James Bond action again, rather than actually being a serious revenge film. So, in a way, I don't like it because of that. But, if we're talking in a sense of, you know, just being a Bond film... It's good fun. Like, it Connery is. only came back for one film. The whole story of it was George Lazenby didn't come back because his agent told him, Bond's done. You don't want anything <laughs> to do with that franchise. Worst advice ever. I did not know that. Yeah. And an American got cast as Bond, John Gavin. Oh, really? Yeah, he got cast. And there were two instances where an American got cast, actually. But um, John Gavin got cast. He actually got paid as well. And then fi they finally went to Connery and said, look, what will it take? And he said, well, actually, if you give me a two-picture deal and give me more money, then I'll take it. They said, yeah, sure, here you go. And he donated all his money towards, I believe it was like a Scottish trust or something like that. Oh, okay. And he just, yeah, got that out of it. And he got a, he got an affair with Lana Wood out of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, yeah, we, that, that it was amazing and how that all came about. And obviously how Connery just had fun with the role he knew he was only coming back one more time and just said you know what i'm just gonna have fun and he did he didn't think i'm just gonna try and act or i'm getting frustrated because this is just all formula formula and generic he went no it's the last time i'm gonna play james bond i'm gonna be fun 
and he just did that. And the soundtrack's amazing in that film. No matter what people say, the soundtrack is amazing. And I think it's actually, isn't it the first of the James Bond films that was mainly filmed in America? Because that was all Vegas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was the first, I believe, not the first one to be filmed in America because that was Goldfinger. Yeah, of course. But it was the first one to be predominantly filmed there. Yeah, yeah. It was filmed in Vegas and... Baja! Baja, can't, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, when they go to the Ulrich. But, yeah, yeah, it's one of those films where I understand why Bond fans dislike it because it is very camp after getting a very serious and down-to-earth Bond film on a Majesty's Secret Service. Mm. But I think if you just think, well, look, don't think of it as a sequel to Honor Majesty's, think of it as another Bond film, just switch off and it's good fun. Yeah, exactly. But I really enjoyed that one. That's a good shout actually for overrated and underrated. Mm. I like that. So, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of one that I think is overrated and underrated. Mm. I'm trying to think of which ones I would say. I mean... Um, I would say um, underrated, I'd probably go either with Octopussy, which I've said there, yeah. um, or I would probably go, what else did I say is underrated? Um, I don't know, actually, because I'm not sure which other ones I'd say are underrated. Probably I'd go with the same one that you said. I would say my two would have been Diamonds Are Forever and A View To A Kill. Yeah. Oh, yes, A View To A Kill, we did speak about that. That yeah. is quite underrated, especially because he's quite old then. But I think yeah. the Diamonds Are Forever more so, because people sort of forget about that one, even though you know the name. And you've been to the house from it. Oh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, Dragged Rachel around Amsterdam to find the house for it. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> it was definitely worth every minute. Definitely. But, yeah, so there's that. And, um, you know, that was good. So, I'd say that's probably the most underrated one. I'd agree with that. Overrated one. Um, I'm not sure, actually, what's overrate- what one was the most overrated. Actually, yes, I do. Even though I enjoyed it, I think it was very overrated. And I would say, controversial, Spectre. Oh, see, personally, I didn't like Spectre. No, no. But I know a lot of critics at the time loved it. Yeah, they did. And it's, don't get me wrong, I quite enjoy it as well. It is quite good, um, and it's a good film, and it's the whole story about Blofeld and all the rest of it. I know you don't really like it, but, um, you know, I would say um, that that is probably the most overrated, in my opinion, because it was so much hype with it when it came out, and yeah, the song... Spectre was back. Yeah, exactly, and I'll, you know, we're going to blow fell back and the rest of it. Sorry to spoil it. Um, but, you know, but it's they had all of that come into it, and I think it was quite overrated given the actual quality of the film itself. So I would probably say that's the most overrated yeah. one. I'd say the worst thing about Spectre for me, it was a good film. I actually enjoy it up until the last part of the film with the big twist. I'm not going to say it. No. We've already said Blofeld's back, but that's not the twist. <laughs> the twist is regarding him, Blofeld, but that ruins it for me. That ruins the film. You know, a film that was actually a little bit underrated as well as Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I personally, if you watch it alongside Casino Royale, it's a lot better. Mm, it is a good film. Yeah. But, well, it's got actually, I would say, of all the Bond films I've watched, and I've watched all of them, it's probably one of my favourite beginnings to a James Bond yeah, film. Really? Yeah, I think the pre-title sequence for that is so underrated. Oh, that yeah. That quick car chase oh. where it's just all of a sudden fast cut, fast cut. So good. And at the end, he just shoots the guy and then he just says... Time to, get out. Out. Time to get out. Yeah, it's just really underrated in my opinion. It's so good. It's, it. I've watched it so many times, actually. Since we were discussing about we might do a James Bond episode, I've watched the beginning episode so many times because of when it comes in, you can say, bah, 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 and yeah. then it's just Oh, that shooting. sound where you just hear oh. in the tunnel. And... Even for you, I mean, you're not yeah. a bis- I mean, I'm a massive car person, so when you hear the noise, that V12 singing, yeah. and it's just going through the tunnel in Italy, and then you get the noise of all the car chase action, and then you've got the part you said about where he just goes across the side of the lorry, and he just looks over with the gun and goes, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoots the Afro Man <laughs> off the cliff. Like it's, it's a brilliant inter- intro scene. Considering that they tried to match it when they did um, Spectre with the whole building falling apart and then the yeah. helicopter chase and running through Mexico City and stuff, which was actually that was one of the good parts. But I really enjoyed that they yeah. had a bit of Mexico in there because Mexico City is great. Um, but yeah, so you know that was probably over and underrated for me in the modern time. Um, and then I'd probably say Diamonds of Forever is a little bit underrated. Um, but yeah, and then I can't think of any other overrated ones. I don't really know. I've, I would say the other ones are sort of, as you say, when we because we enjoyed this franchise so much, the series. It's just like it's hard to say what's over and underrated. I mean, I say Goldfinger's underrated, but that's only because so many people rave about it. But I think that the middle part of the film drags a lot. Yeah, and also I and that's the thing. And as a Bond, it's quite nice when you chat to a lot of Bond people, and everyone has their favourites and least favourite Bond films. Mm. Everyone has the ones they don't like or they like, and it's good. And it's good to have that other perspective of it. Oh yeah. Well, actually, that film wasn't so bad. Or actually, that film I love. Maybe it's not that great. Or Mm. you just think of different perspectives of it. It's really good to see. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's so many different varieties of Bond film and so many things that are out there. And um, I would say, I'll tell you, here's another question. Um, I know I think who mine is, but who's your favourite of all the Bond villains? Villains? Um, I'd have to think about it. Yeah, I'd have to think about it. But if I had to say a villain who I think goes under the radar massively... I would say Scaramanga. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was good. Like, there are some really good villains out there, but Scaramanga, I just feel like he's. I mean, I won't go into the film too much. The man with the golden gun, he's from. But I mean, think of the premise of he's an assassin who no one has seen, no one knows about. He has a golden gun. He takes out his targets, and he specifically targets James Bond. Yeah, and if you've obviously back in the day you've seen the films you're like oh who's actually is he actually going to kill James Bond who could kill this super spy and he's literally just you see the beginning bit of the film where he's on his island and then Nick Knack sets him up and it's quite funny because Nick Knack's actively saying to the pe- person who comes along to try and kill him look if you kill him I'll have everything all you got to do is kill him and then he goes into his fun house and Scaramanga just kills him yeah exactly yeah that's a good one Good shout. I was thinking, yeah. funny enough, I was thinking of Scaramanga. I was also thinking of, of course, of um, Blofeld. But I was thinking actually of Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever when he plays the, uh, does the world to have the technology at that time. Oh, yeah. To do Willard Wyatt speaking <laughs> every time. I think that was really clever. Look what the cat dragged in. Yeah. I think he was brilliant in that one because the party play was a really good part. Or the beginning of the party was making mud pie 007. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, there's, there's some good bits in that one in, um, in Diamonds Are Forever. And the, the, you know, the villain in that plays a really good role. Um, and actually plays a good role in um, ter- as, um, is it Terry Savalas in Terry Savalas? Yeah, Service? Telly Again, Savalas. Both, Telly Savalas. Yeah, you know, he plays a really good role in that as well. So I know it's a bit cliche to say Blofeld, but in those two films he plays a really good role. So I like that. And um, Henchman, I guess, think about Jaws because he's just so it's just so iconic see I I just naturally think and it's because Rachel loves him as well I just think of Oddjob <laughs> I love him I love Oddjob he's just so funny and he's such a he's really physically imposing but I think it's just his real little smile he just stands there and he's just like many mm. people have tried to get involved in my affairs <laughs> he just takes his hat off and just ching <laughs> <laughs> just points to his hat and just <laughs> he's so good or when he throws the gold brick at him and he just bounces off his chest and he just stands there smiling like I know and then, and then they do the sound effects do you remember when he's in the vault and he tries to throw the hat at him and he throws it and they make the sound effects and it gets stuck 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's a good one actually, Odd Job. But I like it. I mean, Jaws because of when he holds the brick after um, Spyro Love Me and he drops at his foot. Oh, you know? yeah. And then when he actually talks in Moonraker, he's like, well, well here's, here's to us. us. He's <laughs> so jokes. He, he died not so long ago, did he? The Richard Kill, yeah, he died. I believe he died just before Roger Moore did. Yeah. Not too long ago, though. Yeah, it wasn't too but, long ago. Yeah, I mean, some of the old hen. That's the thing about James Bond. It has all these great tropes. Like, you always have a great villain, a great henchman, the gadgets. I mean, you think of all the watches, like in Living Let Die, the watch that has the um, saw in it. That oh, yeah. cuts through great. the rope. And you got the laser watches. The laser one, yeah. You got all the. Um, Tom- Tomorrow Never Dies has the car with the remote control. That's brilliant. Where it comes out the phone. That's why I love that film because of the phone bit. Mm. You use the pad to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see how much you respond to my touch, AQ. <laughs> And he got the supporting cast. I mean, Desmond Llewellyn as Q is so amazing. He's one of my favourite characters from the franchise. I mean, I love James Bond, but... Q is just awesome. Grow up, and then you have Money Penny, M, and in the more modern ones, you'll have Bill Tanner as well. You have Felix Leiter, and as I said, you've got all these world of characters yeah. that just pop up and they make such a big impression. And then you've just got this one character that just lives on forever. Yeah, I would say, actually, one of the things that I will commend them with in the more modern um, 007 films is obviously, as you just pointed out to there, Moneypenny, and you've got um, also Q, and you've got M, and they were always cast, and they've always been really good characters in sort of the older films, especially people like Desmond Llewellyn, who were in the franchise for, God, 50 years nearly. Um, you know, well, not 50, probably 40 years, because he went in that He world. was 1962 to 1999. Because yeah. it wasn't enough. But yeah, he, you know, here he went into the franchise for so long even someone like Money Penny, she was in the franchise for a good 20 years yeah she was until View to a Kill she was there, she actually proposed the idea that Money Penny would become M yeah wow yeah that she would be M in the next films did not know that yeah that's cool which would have been a great little bit of continuity I loved Gets her promoted. in the films yeah she was awesome she was great yeah so you know and I think that what they've done in the more modern films I mean there was a bit of a period in the middle where they didn't really cast them very well so like example in the sort of um, a couple of Bond films also when Desmond Owen unfortunately died they kind of cast John Cleese as, as Q oh. and that was as R yeah and that was a bit of a mistake and then what they did was they sort of for a couple of years they sort of rethought it because they sort of thought hang on what are we going to do here and then they cast Ben Whishaw and he's been great and he's been really, really yeah. good as ben Q. Ben Whishaw's been really good as Q. I do have to admit that. The only thing I will say is that no one will beat Desmond Llewellyn, but I no. think he knows that. Yeah, but exactly. he has been really good. He's made it his own role. He yeah, hasn't exactly. just gone, what did Desmond Llewellyn do? I'll do that. He's just made it his own, and he's done a really good job, actually, I do have to say. Yeah, absolutely. And then you had Naomi Harris as well, who um, you know has made Money Penny her own role. I mean, you know, you've had Lois Maxwell back in the day, who was great as Money Penny, but um, Naomi Harris has made it more of a sort of active role where she's been out in the field, hasn't she? Yeah, she was, because obviously in Skyfall, she was seen as an agent, not double O, but she was an agent assisting Bond, and you don't hear her name throughout, and all of a sudden she's Money Penny, and throughout the more recent film, she has become a side character for Bond, if anything, like a Q sort of character. Whereas in the older series, she would help Bond, but she was more of a, she is just M's secretary and she wouldn't do too much. No, no, no. She would help Bond with certain things in films. It's like in On the Majesty's Secret Service when he goes to resign and to save him from losing his job, she request to M that he gets two weeks leave. Oh yeah, of course. That was it. That was yeah. a good one. I he's remember not that. thinking straight and he's like, I've, I resign. And all of a sudden he goes, two weeks leave and money penny's like, well, I did it to help you out basically. Yeah, that was it when he's like, a request, to put, a request granted. And then he yeah. gets it, doesn't he? And all of a sudden, two thinks, weeks leave. Oh, that's a bit nice. All that amount of service and it's just request granted and it's like, 
two weeks leave. Yeah, exactly, which is good. But yeah, so, you know, Naomi Harris made it so that she's more active role, and she's more like Bond's sidekick now, almost like the Robin to his Batman. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. So, yeah, you know, there's been lots of things that have come out of it, lots of good people with their roles and stuff, and um, yeah, that's I brilliant. think one other thing is that you get a lot of the actors put their own spin on the role. Like, I could, I know that you get some actors, like you can compare Daniel Craig and um, Timothy Dalton. Really? Dalton does a very different thing. I mean, and Daniel Craig, I love his iteration of Bond. I'm not saying he's my favourite or he's not, but that's for another podcast. But <laughs> I feel like every Bond puts their own spin on the character. Like, when you think of Connery, you think of Womanizer, very charming, but also brutal, and yeah. he could handle himself. Lazenby, you think of the one who falls in love. He's a bit more human. And you think of Roger Moore, obviously dapper gentleman. I love Roger Moore. I love Roger Moore as well. I love him. I think he's brilliant. And then you got Dalton, who's a very serious, very jaded spy. You get Brosnan, who's basically just like, he's just an action hero. He is. And then Craig is very much a sort of complex, modern day assassin. Yeah. And you know what I love about Roger Moore? I've always liked Roger Moore's James Bond. Is I love that he always brings it so lighthearted, all the jokes yeah. and all the bits of humour. I've always loved that. Like when he comes out with all the little jokes, like sheer magnetism, darling. Some of his puns are just so good. No one, and that's the best thing about Roger Moore. I think that people don't, I think they forget. People like to always say Daniel Craig's the best Bond or Dalton is or Connery is. But the thing I love about Roger Moore is that he made the character his complete own. Absolutely. Like, no one else could do the humour that Moore did. Connery could try it. He's the closest to it. But no one could do it like Roger Moore could. No one could do that puns or quips or humour or that charm that he did. Absolutely, like you know, there's so many times with Roger Moore where he said things like when he gets the car in a love me, he's like, Q, have I ever let you down? Frequently, and he just drives off. Yeah. And then there's like, and then he just gets when he cut, drives out of the MC and he gets the fish and drops the fish out the window. Yeah. And he's like, How did it even get in there? How did the fish get in? <laughs> but there's so many good bits in those films, it's very, very good. I love Roger Moore. Yeah, and that, that is the thing. We're talking about underrated actors to play Bond he is definitely the most underrated in my oh, opinion definitely. because he yeah that's what I mean I, he, I don't think people realise there was a quote that I remember reading ages ago Roger Moore came into the Bond as a series of films he came into a film series and he left it as a franchise did he do The Saint before James Bond yeah he did The Saint in the 60s and then he did Bond in 1973 yeah I didn't remember if it was before or after he did The Saint it must have been before do you remember I mean, our mum? She was scared of that. Yeah, she, she was scared of that theme because back in the day, apparently it was scary. I mean, too bad. Yes, Kid in the sixties don't see that much, but you know. Yeah, exactly. It didn't seem too scary. Mm. Apparently, it was bless her. So <laughs> yeah, that was quite entertaining, though. I mean, there's a big history of Bond actors. I mean, I as you know, I know a lot. And Pierce Brosnan was originally cast as Bond for the Living Daylights. Oh, really? But because Remington Steele then got picked up. The Bond producer, Cubby Broccoli, said, no, I don't want Remington Steele and James Bond as the same character person. So they pretty much just said, no, we're going to let you go. And then they cast Dalton. Yeah, that's cool. So what was Remington Steele about? Um, it's basically a detective agency and this woman starts using the name Remington Steele because they won't hire her because she's a woman, but if she pretends to be a man, they'll take on the cases. And then Remington Steele who is Pierce Brosnan's character, you don't know his real name, he basically comes in and goes, well, if I provide the face for the company, then you can continue on. And it's like that sort of buddy cop 
romantic show. Is it a film or a show? Show. Oh, okay. Oh, 80s. Cool. I bet it's so 80s. Yeah, very 80s. <laughs> so, do you remember the show Moonlighting with Bruce Willis? Yeah. Same thing. Oh, my God. Exactly the same. <laughs> that is cool. But, but yes. Yeah, they're really, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Dalton was apparently considered for Honor Majesties in 1969. And Alec Ooh, Bean, well, who man. played Trevelyan, was considered for Sean Bond Bean. in Living Daylights. Sean Bean. And... Was there any more? Apparently, Roger Moore was considered for Under Majesties, and from then onwards, that and Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, I bet that's cool. Well, it would make sense because obviously he came into it in 1973, and there was only what 69 and 71. Yeah, and he so. was the oldest actor to debut as Bond. Yeah, exactly. He was 46 when he played him in the first film. Oh, yeah, he wow. was. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yes, he's um yeah he's been doing it for a little while, didn't he? And he did fifty seven, like you say, with um, the living da- living daylights with a view to a kill. Yeah, he was so, fifty seven. He filmed it when he came out. He was fifty eight. Yeah, is men- it's weird when you think about it. When Bond is meant to be a character who is between, I think, as a double O, according to it, you meant you retire when you're forty five to death duty. But really, if you're playing Bond, you're going to be mid thirties, early forties. And most of the actors who have played him have been. I mean, Sean Connery was thirty two. When he first started playing him, and I'd forgotten the others, but they're all either mid-30s, early 40s. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Moore was 46. Yeah, exactly. He was a bit older, wasn't he? So yeah. it was definitely a little bit. But, you know, we've... Um, our love for James Bond over the years has just been massive. You know, we had sort of affirmation for when our dad showed us our... Dad showed us our first ones. You know, he's been brilliant. And, you know, we've just really enjoyed them. Always watching them on telly, seeing them all. Yeah. And we've had such a close relationship to them. They're just, you know, they're just something that we love and really close to our heart. Yeah, exactly. And the thing with Bond is that it will just carry on, hopefully. I mean, like the MCU at the moment, how popular it is, how you're going to have parents who are showing their kids these Marvel films... And they're going to grow up thinking, oh, we've got these films that we watch with our parents, and it's great. Which leads me on to my final thought. Do you reckon that Bond will continue? Obviously, Daniel Craig's last film was No Time to Die. And at the moment, they've said the search is on for an actor, but at the moment, no one's been cast. Yeah, well, I don't see... I mean, the franchise is so massive to the people of James Bond and the people who own that franchise that I'd be very surprised if they didn't carry it on. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if there was a bit of a break between this one and the next one, a bit like they had with the whole Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan six-year break. I don't think it'll be that long, but I wouldn't be surprised to have, like, a three-, four-year gap at least before they think about casting another one. It would not surprise me at all. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what actually comes next. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, James Bond will return. That's no doubt about that. Uh, it just depends when. I think it will probably be about... It's 2021 now. 2025, I reckon. I reckon 2024, possibly 2023. Yeah? Because I think if you think of the timelines, I know it's different now with films, but generally, if you're doing a sequelized franchise, you're going to have about three years between sequels, unless you're Marvel and you do ones in between. So, I'd probably say 2024, possibly 2023. Yeah? Yeah. I do think that they will never cast a woman James Bond, but I do think they could cast a person of colour. I think it'll... For me, and uh, what's his name? One of the frontrunners for... Say frontrunners. One of the papers touted people. Henry Golding. He was in... um, Snake Eyes and um, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, okay. Um, he's been like front runner for the role in the papers and he turned around the other day in an interview and said, it'll be nice if the role is given to a diverse person, but at the end of the day, as long as it's the best character, best person for the role, so it doesn't really matter what skin colour they are. I mean, don't get me wrong, 
it would be nice if you had like a person of colour change, but at the same time, for me, it's the best person for the role. Exactly. Yeah, Doesn't like... matter. You can have someone who comes in for the role and they are black and you're like, that guy is James Bond. Yeah. Or you can have someone who comes in, reads to the role and they're white. That guy is James Bond or they're Asian or Hispanic. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I don't think it'll be a woman. I don't think they cast an American as well. No. Although they could. I don't think they will. Though. I don't think they will. There are so many good British actors out there and Bond is a very British role. It's one of those. Though I don't think they will. No, exactly. The only thing they may do is cast an Australian, which would be a bit of a surprise, but you never know what they could think of. Yeah, and who Lazenby could... was Australian, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It could be someone from over there who they could think to cast, but, you know, I'm sure they'll make the right decision, like you say, for the person, for the role, yeah. and, um, yeah, we just look forward to find out who it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I just look forward to more James Bond. I mean, it's so great having these series of films that, as much as I'd like to see it carry on, even if they said, no, we're not doing any more, we have such a catalogue of content and people that love James Bond and we can talk about so much together that it wouldn't bother me too much if they ended it but at the same time I am really looking forward to see what they do what they do going forward yeah exactly so I'm sure they'll think of something good and they'll have some great ideas for us to um, look forward to and have for more podcasts to come Mm. so one thing I hope they do is they properly do the Blofeld trilogy from the books yeah that would be, be really good if they did that that would be good so yeah we'd love to hear that so yeah I mean you know I really hope that you've enjoyed this one for the people who are fans of James Bond sorry if you're not a fan I mean if you've listened for this long you're not a James Bond fan I suggest you go and watch them now because you just found out <laughs> a lot of literature of what goes on in between them but um, I don't think it's a good sign to announce what we're going to be doing for the next sort of season because I'd say this episode really is coming to the end of our seasons yeah it's coming to the end of it obviously we're going to be taking a little break over Christmas and we'll let you guys know what's going to be coming after that but yeah we said over Christmas we're going to do a few more episodes over then and then we're going to be taking a short break and then we'll let you guys know what's going to go on from there. Yeah, so um, watch this space, basically, because we'll keep you updated with what's going on with the podcast. But and once again, we really appreciate all the support we've been getting and people listening. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Exactly. And obviously, if you haven't seen James Bond before, I really would recommend going to watch it. It's a great franchise, got some great films, and you've got some great people in the James Bond community that can give you a lot of information and love talking about it as well so and also on another note follow us on the social on instagram raising the bar dot podcast absolutely yeah well timed in there so that's brilliant thank you very much but yeah thank you so much for listening to this episode um and please if you haven't watched any james bond please go and watch them and if you have please let us know your comments um send us a message and we'll do our best to respond to you so um thank you so much you guys um for listening once again um and yeah you guys be good now you guys be good shaken not stirred. <laughs>